Hello everyone, I'm here for one of my stories. This is Lindsay Dunn and today I am talking to Amaru Moses of Bite Size Breakdown. We are two out of 72 members of the NC Film Critics and the group has just released the list of their winners for the best of 2023 movie awards. We are here to talk about those winners. Amaru, welcome to one of my stories. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. So since it's your first time on my show before, would you just tell my listeners a little bit about your channel and how you got started doing this thing we call film criticism? Yeah. Um. So I am a part of a critic collective called Bite Size Breakdown. It's eight of us currently... Um, uh, around the globe, crew members in England, Germany, based out of Canada. I, of course, am in, in Charlotte. And we do uh, capsule reviews, uh, multiple reviews on singular movies or singular television shows. And we try to do it with 100 words or less. So if you're looking into a movie, say the hiring flaw, and you want to know uh, multiple reactions to it, you can go to our website, bitesizebreakdown.com, and you can see that maybe I gave it four out of five reels and somebody else maybe gave it two out of five reels. I don't know who would give Iron Claw two out of five, but it's multiple reviews on a singular content from multiple uh, diverse perspectives. And then in addition, we have a YouTube channel where we have interviews as well as a show that I host called One Gotta Stay where I give multiple options. You ever heard this thing where like you get four options and you say, oh, one of these have to go forever. Mm -hmm. I slip it on its head and say one of them has to stay and the rest are gone forever. It's like the first episode I ever did was between Leonardo DiCaprio, Denzel Washington, Will Smith and Tom Hanks. You can only keep one actor in their filmography uh, and the rest are gone forever. So I have that. I'm, I got into film criticism when I moved to Charlotte. I moved to Charlotte in 2017, and I had always been a movie buff. Just uh, for a while, I had been wanting to write about film. Moving to Charlotte, it was a fresh start for me, and I was just like, let me just go ahead and, and, and start. And, and I slowly but surely started writing, then started a YouTube channel, and then the, the guy who started Bite Size Breakdown kind of recruited me to, to work with him, and it's... It's been onward and upward from there. So what is it that you like about that format where you keep one? What do you like about doing that? People have heart palpitations when they have to make that decision. It's just <laughs> so much harder. They they tell me they hate me. Why do you do this? And it just gives me joy to see people in pain. But all <laughs> jokes aside, it's just a really, it's a really tough decision. It's just because it's I always try to give like as close to improbable or impossible choices to choose from. Mm -hmm. And only getting to keep one out of them, it really tells people's different tastes. I also have people rank them as well. So what would be the first to go? What would be second place? And so on and so forth. And it just really makes people have to make hard decisions, like harder decisions than just the one that has to go because you are then deprived of of um, a lot of things that you like. And I purposely leave it very vague. The only qualification is... One stays and the rest are gone. For and then it allows people to, to interpret it how they want. Some people say, well, if I don't keep this uh, one thing, then the other option would never be in existence. So I have to keep the older one. Some people base it on performances. Some people base it on movies. They just have different criteria. And it, it just it leaves for a lot of great conversations and a lot of great debates. Well, it sounds like you definitely like causing a ruckus with, a bit, with a the bit. Uh, hot topics. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, 
Wonderful. Thank you for that description. And I think that definitely gives people enough information to know if they want to check you out or not. It sounds it sounds very fun. It sounds very different from what I do, but it also does sound very fun. For the next hour or so, we are going to share the winners of our group's movie awards and honor what rose to the top. Our group uses a weighted voting system, so each system of voting has its own good, bad, and ugly. One of the advantages of a weighted voting system is that it tends to achieve consensus. So what rises to the top won't always be the most people's number one, but it may be in at least everyone's top three. Amaru, I'm curious what your thoughts are about weighted voting. I definitely am for it, but I'm curious what you think about that system and how it how it might impact what our group chose. I actually, I do like weighted voting. Like I said, it doesn't necessarily give everybody's number one, but it's a pretty good consensus. It always makes me wonder what comes in second and third and fourth and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that system. It's, I'd say it's the first time I've ever been had to vote with that system officially mm-hmm. on something. So it was really cool to kind of see how everything played out based off of that and not just a singular one vote. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of practice putting things in preferential order, though. So maybe you had more of an advantage yes. than other people. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and you know, I, I just realized I said a completely wrong thing. Bite size breakdown. We do top fives all the time, like monthly top yeah. fives. And we actually use a weighted point system, not not singular weighted points, but we use a weighted point system for our, those top fives as well. It actually usually gives us a good consensus. What it does do though is, if everybody has a lot of different perspectives, it throws just the most random list of top uh, of of your choices especially when mm-hmm. people don't have the same ideas. But when you're, it's it's a little different when you get to make your own top five or top 10. When, when you're doing a, a system like we did, where we have a specific set of nominations, it does really help bring a consensus. So yeah, I'm definitely glad NC Film Critics does nominations because I'm part of another group, <clears throat> the Southeastern Film Critics that doesn't do nominations. It just goes straight for the winners. I like the nominees. And then knowing that the group is going to focus on those nominees, it does offer a different voting opportunity. So I've grouped the winners into a buy movie system. So movies at the beginning only won one award. And as we go along, we'll talk about the movies that garnered a lot of awards just to kind of make things a little more interesting. So I wanted to start with some of our our unique categories. NC Film Critics does a Lifetime Achievement Award every year, but each year it's a different category. And this year, they decided to focus on makeup artists. So our Lifetime Achievement winner was Rick Baker. And he is known for doing makeup on movies like An American Werewolf in London, the thriller music video. I had to toss that one in there just because something I think everybody knows. Ed Wood, Nutty Professor, How the Grinch Grinch Stole Christmas, the Star Wars movies, Batman Forever, The Ring, that would be the American one, Men in Black, and Planet of the Eight. So obviously he has a lot of credentials. I'd be very honest. You don't know many makeup artists by name. So looking at these credentials and being like, oh, wow, this is what this guy has done. I am very... Very happy with 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 who we chose. I know um, we had other uh, great, really, really great makeup artists, uh, in particular Tom Savini, just a horror movie icon. So I, I looking at this, and I am very happy you you included the thriller music video in there. But not only just looking at this, not only does he just do a lot of great things, he does a lot of variety of things in a lot of different genres, um, which is really really cool. So I'm I'm was really happy to look at this these credentials and, and see who we ended up choosing. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. Like when you think about, okay, the person that did makeup on Star Wars, how many creatures they had to make and design. And then there was also like the Planet of the Apes. And I watched this video that I, I posted the link for you. It's that he made 508 for design those you know, by hand. It's impressive. And so, yeah, makeup isn't something I always think a lot about, but because when I think about makeup, for some reason, my mind goes to, oh, they did the makeup of the star. And that sometimes might mean prosthetics. But then when you look at a lot of horror movies, especially like creature design is so important. And that's a lot of what Rick Baker did. And I think that's also why someone like Tom Savini got got nominated in there too. A lot of the people that did get nominated were people who do horror or fantasy. The makeup is so important. It's so much more than just like, which color eyeshadow did you put on that artist? So... Right. Yeah. I'm just glad we could we could honor him and um I'm hoping they're gonna you know maybe send him a special message. Maybe he'll make a video and say thank you to us for <laughs> for picking him. That would be fun. That would that would be really cool and, and it's 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 great with Baker how like you talk about the 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 creature features and and doing five hundred apes, but he also also did things like Ed Wood, which mm-hmm. which is that aspect of makeup and kind of shows just his the variety of strengths that he has as a makeup artist. So it was, it was definitely well deserving. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Let's move then forward to our Tar Heel Award. We have what's called the Ken Hankey Memorial Tar Heel Award, and this gives us as North Carolina <laughs> film critics lets us honor an artist or a movie that was set in North Carolina or the person is from North Carolina to give us that hometown feel. And this year, our winner was Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple. And I'm assuming you saw this movie. Yes, yes, I did. Um, it was one that my mother specifically was very happy to be able to watch with me. My sister, not so happy that like she wasn't there with us, um, but it was definitely one I was looking forward to for for a while. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, what do you think stands out? What was it about her that you think got her this win? Um, it's it, it was definitely at least in my mind it was her acting. Like everybody knows, she can sing the doors off of anything and everything. Mm-hmm. So, and no. Knowing that this this version of Color Purple was going to be the musical version, we all knew she was going to kill that. But her acting is 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 getting getting Ostromos. Like she she has a an opportunity to get um and not just Oscars, but to get a lot of award recognition for her work. And it's been really cool to see her trajectory as an actress and not just a singer. And I I think that. Being able to show off that range and show that she's she's a very well-rounded artist in general is is a big reason why she was able to to pull this award for us. It does test a variety of skill sets, right? So the singing, it's the acting, and also I think this the role of Celia is just such an important part of that movie. So we were definitely proud. Our North Carolina shared heritage here with Fantasia Brino. I think that definitely made us proud. Although there were some other great nominees that were that were picked as finalists as well. Definitely for for sure. Just again being able to see her pull that off, girls and and uh, an actress was was great to see. Um, and definitely a lot of great nominees. I know I personally really enjoyed a movie that was nominated not only in this but in best documentary for us. Made Lord watch the little brother story. Uh, so definitely a, a great win over a lot of deserving nominees. Okay. Well, let's move on to our best documentary film. Now, I have to admit, this is one I hadn't seen, but you have. So the winner of our group's documentary film award was still a Michael J. Fox 
boxed movie. So this is, you know, definitely one I wanted wanted to get to watch, but holiday break and all that. Michael J. Fox, he was such an important part of pop culture when I was young. I think he was probably the right. first celebrity I had a crush on. Maybe I was under the I was <laughs> under the belief that because he was short, maybe I had a chance. I don't know. Maybe that was um maybe that <laughs> Maybe that was my my warped thinking. But uh, tell me about this movie and this win and how you feel about this as our group's winner. Um, A big one about this one, I think, is that it's not just like, when you think of documentaries, you think of, okay, educational, you're learning something. You might have to go through some like some really traumatic and sad things or uplifting things. This movie is entertaining. This documentary is extreme. It's as entertaining as the man himself. A lot of the reason why is because it's really, really driven through him. He narrates it. They there's a lot of uh, edits that put in scenes from his movies to drive the narrative of what he's talking about. Like they, if if Michael J. Fox is talking about something that he's doing in life, they'll cut a scene from Back to the Future that mirrors that at the same time. So it is, it's not only really informative about his life and where he can come from. It's, it's very, very funny, very entertaining because he's one of the most entertaining people in, in Hollywood and it is uplifting and, and you get to learn more about Parkinson's, but it's just so very entertaining at the same time. And it kind of captures a lot of, of what you want in just any kind of film that you're watching. And it does a really good job of intersplicing all of that. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's that's good to know. I was under the impression that, I, I, for some reason, I was under the impression that the family was mo- was, the film was mostly about his illness. So it's good to know that it's not just heartfelt and and sad, but it also sounds like it's got there's got some joy in it and um, a celebration of his of his yeah. life, his career, not just yeah. Yeah, it has a it has a lot. Um, it is it has a lot to do with the disease, of course, and and but it really is. It's through his eyes and how he's he's working through it, and it tells you a lot about his career, a lot about his his marriage and Parkinson's is it's kind of one of the first scenes in the film, but it really mm-hmm. isn't. It's not it's not a, a overarching gloom and doom thing over the film. It's it's kind of like how he has dealt with this his entire life. He's dealt with it with grace, with humor, with entertainment. And and that's that's a really big reason why it's it's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Thank you so much for carrying the weight on that one um, of the movie. <laughs> so that's great that you saw it because otherwise we wouldn't be able to cover it much. So we're ready to move on now to breakthrough performance. And I actually put the next two categories next to each other because they involve the same movie. So our breakthrough performance is Dominic Sessa for The Holdovers, which was one of my top movies of 2023. Talk to me about this, this win, this role, and what you think about Dominic being our group's winner? Um, I was, I'm not going to say surprised that he won. This was one of the ones that I thought was a little bit going to be more highly contended, specifically between him and I can't remember the kid's last name, but Milo from Anatomy of a Fall, because a lot of people liked him in that one. But I was, I was pleasantly surprised because Dominic Sessa, I think this is his first feature film, and he did mm-hmm. amazing going up against Giamatti and Divine Joy Randolph, as we're going to talk about in a second. He is absolutely not scared at all in this film. And he holds his own very, very well. So I'm, again, pleasantly 
surprised because I think I would have been surprised whoever won this category because it was really uh, a lot of great nominees. Uh, but I, I was I was very happy with this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. He had this charismatic energy to him that this sarcasm. A lot of people, including myself, compared this movie to Dead Poet Society and sort of that teen angst. But he was the main teen angst. He had to carry all that by himself against Giamatti and be this. You know, he plays this sort of brilliant yet troubled young man, but manages to be super likable, even though he's kind of a brat at times. Just the charisma of his performance really impressed me and I think is what won him over. Probably people, you know, Paul Giamatti is a great actor and you mentioned already uh, that Divine Joy Randolph is going to be our best supporting actress for the holdovers coming up here. But it's a a miraculous thing when you think, hey, out of these three, Paul Giamatti might have actually been (laughs) the weaker link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for 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 sure. Um that's kind of crazy. Um I'm looking at the the nominees we had again and and like Abby Ryder Fortston for Are You There God? It's me Margaret mm-hmm. might be the only one who would have been like blown away if she would have got it, but like Charles Melton for May December who's getting a lot of buzz for for contending against um RDJ for best supporting actor for the Oscars. Greta Lee in Past Lives and, and, and then uh, Milo Machado Grenier. So uh, like I said, a, a really, really stacked category with a- any of them being really, really um, deserving of a win here. So uh, a big one to be able to go through that crowd and to be able to put Giamatti in third place uh, <laughs> for, for a role. Yeah, there was, it was, there was a lot of great nominees. Which which isn't always, you know, every year we have nominees, of course, but this was, I think, a tough, a tough one, especially when you had to put them in order because you're like, wow, all these people were so great. And there was even a discussion in our group because like, I didn't mention this, but we have a Slack channel, which is fun because people get to sort of say who they think is standing out and that gives people a chance to lean towards those movies. So I just, I remember that, you know, people mentioning all of these people in the chat. And so then it's like, okay, how do you pick between these and decide and rank them? Dominic Sessa winning breakthrough performance for the holdovers. And then that moves us to best supporting actress being Divine Joy Randolph. Definitely, I thought this was quite worthy of this, of this win. And again, I just, I loved her performance in The Holdovers, being this mom, uh, grieving mother, and her name is Mary Lamb. And people were, made, were saying there was a joke about like, Mary had a little lamb. Um, that's sort of a little <laughs> verbal joke in there. But she was great. Now, have you seen her in anything else before? Yes. Um, the first movie I saw her in was Dolomite Is My Name, where she was absolutely hilarious and, and holding her own alongside Eddie Murphy. And she also has a pretty pretty nice recurring role in Only Murders in the Building. She, she, everything I've seen her in, I think I've seen her in a couple small roles here and there, but she is a standout. And I am I am not surprised. This was, I think, one category where I was like, Danielle Brooks did a really, really good last minute job to give some competition. Mm-hmm. But I knew this was Divine Joy Randolph's. And the second I was done with it, I was like, yeah, yeah, this is a pretty good lock for her to win this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, and look, uh, she was also in Rustin this year as well. Played Mahalia Jackson. I did not. Yes. I kind of missed that. So that's, it's always nice when you can say, okay, like this person did several roles this year, just like, you know, Coleman Domingo also did several roles this year. So but we're not talking about Coleman. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 
Divine Joy Randolph. So she, you know, played a significant role in that as well. I mean, it's a small role, but it's important being like Mahalia Jackson, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, you got to be able to sing. You yeah. got to be able to sing if you're going to do that. Uh, and she, she, she either she either really, really sang very well or just did an amazing job lip syncing because I, I unfortunately cannot tell what Mahalia Jackson's voice is just listening. So she's owned it. It was great. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of, you brought up Anatomy of a Fall. So that Anatomy of a Fall is actually our winner for the best foreign language film. I think that was an, it's another category that had a lot of steam to it. So what do you think about Anatomy of a Fall, you know, as the winner? And what is it about it that made our group pick this one? So the, the funny thing about this, including including like another nominee, Past Lives, is that um, even though this is the foreign language film, a lot of this film is in English. So when we brought that up, I was like, is, is this eligible? Like, yeah. are we counting it? Because it's kind of half and half. It was eligible enough to win. Uh, it, is a, it is a really, really great film. Two and a half hours and it kind of flows by very, very quickly, very, very intensely. Sandra Hurler is is amazing in it. As I mentioned, uh, Milo Grenier is is also really really great, and it just kind of captures your attention and doesn't let go. Um, and I don't think I'll ever hear Fifty Cent's PIMP ever again without <laughs> thinking of this movie. It's very well deserving. And again, um, a lot of categories this year are fairly stacked. Especially, I was I was wondering whether or not Godzilla minus one would come up from the rear like such a, a late entry, but had so much steam, and whether or not it would take it. But but no, Anatomy of the Fall of was able to 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 keep a hold keep a hold of this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you mentioned how some of the movies in English, it's also some of it's in French, so it's like French, German and English, all three languages kind of intertwine in this mm-hmm. in this sort of courtroom drama slash family drama slash murder mystery. And it's I think that's the appeal of it though, is it had so many different things you could you could latch on to. You know, if you like the law and order stuff, you'll probably like it. If you like the police procedural, you'll probably like it. And just the drama of the family and the fighting. And there was there's the question hanging over our head of did she do it or not? So there's just a lot to like about this movie. And yeah, I was I was happy that I remember when I heard about this, I was like, people were talking about having awards buzz and I was like, really? This this courtroom drama? Like how can how can that be? So I think there's just a lot of hooks to bring people into the story. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, you keep giving me these perfect transitions. So you've already mentioned the next two movies. So we're going in now to directorial de- debut with Celine Song's Past Lives, which also was a nominee for foreign language film, even though it's kind of balanced between the Korean and English. So what are your thoughts about Past Lives? Should we all... I don't know. I feel like we should have dreamy music playing right now as we start to talk about this movie a little bit. Right, right. Um, Past Lives is is one that it's it's really just has held on since since came out or a, little, a lot of people uh, watched it. I can't remember how early it it came out, but fairly early in the year, and it's one. Kind of very similarly to another A24 film, Everything Everywhere All at Once last year, that it just came out and just a lot of people were wondering, is it going to die out? Is it going to die down? And it just never, um, I, I will say it didn't, it hasn't reached the like the buzz and hype for awards as Everything Everywhere, but it, it is a contender in so many different categories. So I'm not surprised at all that Celine uh, won this one. And I, I'll tell you, I think this is the category that, 
just has probably the most diverse nominations. Cord Jefferson for American Fiction, the Philippou Brothers, I don't know what they are, but for Talk to Me, Creed 3 for Michael B. Jordan, and a really, really good hidden gem in Biosphere, Mel L. Uh, Eslin. But Celine was just able to, to pick something that resonated with a lot of people. And the way that she was able just to to handle the time and the the space within it. Like, I think I was watching the, um, uh, the Hollywood Reporter's Roundtable when she was talking about a specific scene and I, my mind was blown. She was talking about the final scene where she's making sure to walk from right to left to show that she's going backwards um, um, when she's leaving Tail Yu's character, um, and then afterwards back from left to right to go future to 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 move forward in time to her future is just a lot of things that she was really meticulous with. That um, even hearing her talk about it shows why it, she is not only won this award but is in consideration for best director in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, it was a very confident debut. I the scene that really stands out to me is when the the kids are young and they're standing on the steps and there's and then they split and one kid goes one direction and up the stairs and the other's going straight and staying level so just visually it's this perfect picture that that shows divergence like we're going in different directions not just directionally but height wise and linearly in space um so just things like that that impress people like it was the whole package i think past lives and even though it came out in the springs or summertime that's that's what's so impressive about it is that it stuck with people long enough to kind of get this attention with against movies that landed during the official award season so now let's move over to special effects because you mentioned godzilla minus one before i I actually Mm -hmm. just saw this for the second time yesterday after you know, I saw it the week it came out and then I got to see it again yesterday. It was my first movie of 2024. I wanted to see it again before it, it left theaters. And I'm so happy that Godzilla, it, at least it was nominated in several categories, foreign language being one of them. So I'm just glad that it makes an appearance here as our winner on special effects. So what are your thoughts about Godzilla Minus One? Did you love it as much as me? Um, I really liked it. I I don't know if it's if it's just a Godzilla of it all, whether or not like I, I'm not like a love uh, those kind of movies, but it is it is a, a very, very well made movie that I really, really, really enjoyed. I think one of my favorite aspects of it, since we're talking about special effects, is this this is a Godzilla that I haven't seen before. Like his, mm-hmm. the, it, it's look, um, it's it's the his um, his charge up uh, and everything. And this isn't special effects, but this is just a monster. Like this is not the savior from the monsterverse ones. This is just a monster who is who is just messing crap up everywhere. Um, <laughs> but it, the look is is really really unique, and their ability to just wreak havoc and use those special effects to show the the devastation uh, of it. Uh, but it, the the for me, it's it's the 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 design of this Godzilla that really stood out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, impressive, most impressive scene for me would be in the city. I think it's the Giza scene when he shows up and it like mimics the effects of an atomic bomb. And just, I guess, after, especially after seeing Oppenheimer, and it just seems so devastating seeing that um, 
seen that happen to that city and these people that we've grown to care about. So I'm just glad it's it's in the conversation of people. Yeah. All right. Stunt coordination. We're moving over. John Wick Chapter 4 is the winner for our stunt. And again, there was some stiff competition in here, but John Wick is sort of king with when it comes to special effects. There was a lot to the the ballet of it all in that movie. So what are your thoughts about John Wick Chapter 4 winning this award? So I I saw John Wick Chapter 4. It's probably one of the one of the earliest movies I've seen this year. And I hadn't seen it again until maybe a week ago. So even though I loved the film when it come at, came out, I was kind of going like farther and farther down on it. Even in the stunts, like Extraction 2 was on the list. And I just remember the one in Extraction 2. And all the stunts in like a 20-minute just action scene and that really was like wow but then i watched john with chapter four again a week ago and i was like yeah this is why i love this film this is mm-hmm. this is just action personified and the between the gun fu the gun fu and and the motorcycle stunts and the falling down the stairs for 50 <laughs> minutes straight it what it seems like just everything about to the sword play getting donnie in and and Hiroyuki Sonata, that sword fight between the two of them between two legends it's just the stunts were amazing and shout out to scott atkins who made that fat suit look like the most agile and (laughs) and most lethal and most like being able to move without any restrictions and knowing how to use your body weight just getting guys like that to do scenes and stunts in that way is is why this this is is winning this uh, category for us and another reason why the Oscars should smarten up and, and put best stunts uh, as a category in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the scene, the staircase scene is pretty amazing, but also the Arc de Triomphe, that whole scene where they're doing fighting in the busiest, maybe the busiest roundabout in the world. <laughs> that that, uh, mm-hmm. that made me laugh too, but also it's like laugh with joy because you're like, how did they possibly do this? And you're just, your mouth is kind of agape at it all. And I really mm-hmm. resonate with what you said about kind of going back to John Wick and watching it again. And I have to admit, that's how I felt about this next movie we're going to talk about, which is, I know, a special favorite of yours. That is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which won Best Animated Film and also won Best Vocal Performance from Daniel Kaluuya. Now, several people from the movie got nominated, but Daniel was the reigning winner for our group. So what I, I guess what I'm saying here is that when I looked back, Amaru, and looked at my, when I was making, throughout the year, I make my best in 2023 list, and I had Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, but I had seen it, I can't remember now when the movie came out, but it, I had just seen it so long ago, but that I forgot how great it was. And so then I watched it again in December when it became one of our group's finalists, and then I was like, oh yeah, you forgot how great this was, <laughs> didn't you? So uh, talk about this movie which is like your a special love of yours i know yeah this was this was my top pick for movie of the year this is my best movie of the year um when we talk about best narrative film um this got my number one vote there is uh, i'll say this american fiction was close after i watched american fiction but like 
I watched this film three times in the theaters within about a week. Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite films of all time, and this, like, surpassed it immediately. And I am extremely happy that it got nominated for Best Narrative Film, ecstatic that it won um, Best Animated Feature in a, again, just this year has been a stacked year for a lot of these categories. And uh, I'll also just talk about Daniel Kaluuya, because uh, we, th- we had three nominees for uh, Best Vocal Performance with, between... Uh, him, Haley Steinfeld, and Shamik Moore on top of Chloe Grace Moretz in Nimona, which is so underrated, uh, also nominated uh, for Best Animated Feature, which I was also very happy about. And then also Bradley Cooper, who whose rocket raccoon is is absolutely iconic. But his, his portrayal of Spider-Punk was just a gem in the middle of a movie that was already a gem. Like you thought that it couldn't get better. And then he comes in and just it like makes it even more entertaining. I absolutely adore this film. I, I, I feel like anybody talking about how it's not a complete movie, so it should not be considered for things is absolute BS because Gwen Stacy's story is a full movie that is arc is closed from beginning to end. And then the, the, the emotional resonance to leave you with that cliffhanger at the end. Um, I think I, I tweeted last week, like nobody talked about not giving awards to Two Towers when Two Towers didn't finish. So why are we doing this here? I love this film. I love this film to death, as you can hear. Um, it is it is my favorite movie of the year and probably going to be one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, that I mean, <laughs> I think you've, you've said it all. It reminded me of how great it was. All the different character designs, all the different worlds. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse was not only nominated as Best Animated Film and won, but also got nominated for Best Movie of the Year. So obviously there's a lot of love for for this movie in our group. Okay, we're going to move forward now to Best Actress. This movie was only awarded one acknowledgement from our group, and it was, you know, in a lot of people's conversations, but that is, I'm talking around it now, Lily Gladstone, who won Best Actress for (laughs) Killers of the Flower Moon. I just want to say I'm so happy about this pick. I think she was definitely the highlight of that picture for me. I had some strong opinions about that movie. I, I thought it was an impressively whaled made movie. You can we can talk, we can debate things like, you know, was the representation what it needed to be, who was the movie for, those kinds of things. But I think everybody agreed about Lily Gladstone being a wonderful addition and just that her even though she was not the person that talked the most or even was on the screen the most, she was the person with the most presence. So what do you, how do you feel about Lily getting our, our win here? I think that's the reason she got the win. Um, because it, it for me, it was a two-person race, even though like the other nominees are great. It was between her and Emma Stone for me. And because mm-hmm. Emma Stone's, I, I think it was Emma Stone's greatest performance she's ever done. Mm-hmm. But that was very bombastic. Very A lot of stuff. Lily Gladstone took your attention with a stare and a look. Mm-hmm. And je- without words, just in that entire movie with Leo and with De Niro and Jesse Plemons and just actor after actor after actor, she uh, uh, 
a hundred percent was the one who stood out without having to say much. And it's a really extremely powerful performance that I a hundred percent agree with you that she is she is the shining star of that film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you missed her so much when she was gone. <laughs> when she's when she's yeah, sick. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. So um but yeah, interesting that the that this Martin Scorsese movie didn't get any other wins from our group. But I think that just shows how stiff the competition was this year, too, that other people rose over on top of him. We're going to move forward now to our second highest number of wins of the group is given to Barbie. This won Best Costume Design, Best Hair and Makeup, Best Production Design, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Original Song being I'm Just Ken. Um, so Amaru, I don't expect you to address every single one of these categories, but if you just want to touch on Barbie right now, this movie got, got the second amount highest win. So talk to me about Barbie and why you think it made such an impact. So how you feel about Killers of the Flower Moon is how I feel about Barbie. Um, it is a hundred percent deserving of of all of of the the technical awards. It is an extremely well made movie, costume, hair, makeup, production design. I'll say this: I never say good movie. I just thought it wasn't funny. So for me, I was very, very much. I knew on the minority of our group. I know a lot of people loved it. You said I've just kind of won, and I gave the biggest eye roll, but my camera's off, so you could not see it because I, I just I wasn't I, I I wasn't the hugest fan of this film on the premise that it's a comedy that wasn't funny for me. However, even though I didn't find it funny, I appreciated what it was. I could tell this is a very, very well-made movie. This is a very good movie that is probably deserving of the awards it got. I'll tell you this, if it wasn't a technical award, I didn't give it any points in any other categories. But I knew that that wasn't going to make a difference seeing as it won the second most amount of awards that because that that's how how much i know even though it wasn't for me how much how how much i know it's a very 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 good movie i will say original screenplay is the one i was a little bit surprised about I, I was actually kind of really surprised about it based on the competition that it was it was going up against. I know Past Lives was there, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, May December, which is a little divisive, but it had a lot of stiff competition. And again, me not thinking that the jokes landed was like, okay, that's definitely not getting in there. Uh, I'm not voting for it, but other people might. But I, I, even even without me being behind it, I kind of knew. I knew I knew it was coming because I knew it was deserving and I knew a lot of people liked it. Um, I am just going to say justice for peaches and am I dreaming because I, I just I have to shout out those two uh, because I love those two songs, especially peaches. Simplicity is great when you can make it work and Jack Black makes that work. Yeah, I appreciate I was like, I was like, I wonder how he's going to handle this because I know how much you love peaches. So that's great. I I think, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the thing about Barbie that you have to appreciate is, yes, the level, not saying the other people didn't, but the level of detail for, for Greta Gerwig and her crew to take the concept of Barbie dolls and then turn them into characters and give the characters 
the different identities. I don't know. It's like with Rick Baker making 500 apes. I mean, you have to, you have to, um, mm-hmm. you have to give her props for that, for her design. So I don't think I always gave Barbie the number one spot and really in any of these categories, but it might've at least been like my number three. Because I'm like, okay, I can intentionally see the production design in this and I can see the hair and makeup and the costume design mm-hmm. that there was a definite direction and vision for what she wanted to do. And um, at the end of the day, I have to respect that as a film critic. For sure. For sure. Like that, all that, yeah. I was going to say all the technical production design, the hair and makeup easily, just the, the, the t- attention to detail and how gr- how expressive and bright that world was and how it's and then when, even when they went to the real world and putting barbie and ken into the real world and, and the, the the clothing and everything that they gave them to kind of juxtapose it was it was amazing mm-hmm. yeah um best original song made you know it i will say this about i'm just ken it's catchy and I did like the uh, the video because it does pay homage sure. to Singing in the Rain, <laughs> the dream sequence in, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, Singing in the Rain or Bandwagon. It's one of those Fred Astaire movies um, that I've watched a million times. So I, I thought that was wonderful. All right. Well, let's move forward now to our final movie we're going to talk about, which the impressive thing about this movie is it won in 10 categories, which is the highest amount. I guess, NC Film Critics has ever given any one movie. The second highest was number nine. That was for everything, everywhere, all at once. So this this movie has really dominated in our in our categories here. So that movie is, of course, Oppenheimer. And it won for Best Actor, Killian Murphy. Best Supporting Actor, Robert Downey Jr. Best Director for Christopher Nolan. And then Best Cinematography, Best Acting Ensemble, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Editing, Best Score, and Best Sound Design. So we have to talk about the other half of the Barbenheimer, that being Oppenheimer now because of how many awards it won. So thoughts, Amaru, about Oppenheimer? I am very happy. I am a very big Christopher Nolan fan. Inception is my favorite movie of all time. And I was blown away by this film in all aspects of the film. I, I, I didn't really like pay attention to the technical, I'm not going to say not pay attention, but I didn't really like appreciate or uh, knew how to kind of critique or look out for the technical aspects of films before I started really getting into to movie criticism. And I could just every detail of this movie from the writing to the Thing to the the score with uh, uh, Ludwig uh, Garanson, he kills any score he does in general. The 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 sound design and editing, it's just such. It's very similar to Anatomy of a Fall. It's a longer movie that again you are just sucked in immediately. And I am a, extremely happy and hopeful that Nolan will finally get a directing Oscar. Very happy that we were able to to award uh, it to him for this one. But very similarly, Killian Murphy has been somebody who's been who's been riding with Christopher Nolan for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And really similar to a lot of other nominees we have, like Jeffrey Wright. First time getting to be in a lead role and really show how a lot of these like character actors that have been acting for years and years and years, again, him, Jeffrey Wright, Coleman Domingo, when they're put into those leading roles, how just so great they are in it and Killian Murphy is 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 extremely deserving uh robert downey jr not playing tony stark maybe a little but but playing tony stark and doing an amazing job at it um and just the and and 
uh, a big acting ensemble, and no matter how much screen time they had, they had impact. It, it just up and down. This is 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 also one of my favorite movies of the year, and I feel it's well deserving to 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 get this honor of, of being awarded the most awards for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw Oppenheimer four times in the theater, so I guess it's my Spider Verse <laughs> um, for for this year. I I nice. definitely saw this because I got an opportunity to see it in the in the IMAX sixty five mil. So I took the, when I was in Florida, got to see it there. I thought I, I thought I was capped at number three but then number four happened loved Killian Murphy I you know as much as I loved him in this role I think Robert Downey Jr again it's like how do I choose between these these two roles they were they were they were playing these opposing forces against each other but it was kind of like that um, dynamic in Amadeus where one of them was in a one of them was only one of them was in a rivalry because the other isn't really thinking the other one is a worthy contender maybe but uh that just they played this wonderful opposition to each other and that led to the movie just being that much better and of course with all these technical awards here i appreciate what you're saying about the fact that it's hard sometimes to analyze something on a te- on a technical level especially when you like it you're so invested in the story that you're it's hard to separate out all of the all of those factors. Ludwig Göransson is is somebody that I wanted him to win best score for Tenet. So I'm I'm happy that we're giving him best score mm-hmm. because I agree that he's he's just a phenomenal artist in every way and the way that he used the music to show what was going on in Oppenheimer's mind was just perfectly matched. So I'm not surprised that all that it got this many categories in some ways. When you look at it, you you kind of, I think you tend to go, well, that's kind of boring that you gave it this many awards. But on the other <laughs> hand, <laughs> but on the other hand, you're, you're like, well, how can you really argue with it? Because it's your favorite, you know, it's nine number one and you're like maybe number two or number three of the year. So it's, it's hard to argue with right. it then. But wow. Okay. So we survived this marathon together, Amaru. And (laughs) I appreciate it. Yes, yes, we did. Yeah. Now, how many years have you been in NC Film Critics? This is my first year. This is my my very first uh, year doing a nominations and being a part. I uh, applied in March and um, I even was on a, a, a uh, three-month probationary period because of the capsule review. So I did a lot of long-form reviews. Uh, shout out to Daryl Mansell for helping me out with that. And then I, I got on and have been going ever since. So I, I was very happy with this first year here. Mm-hmm. So what was it like being, being in this year? first year what was the awards process like for you what did you like about it did was there anything stressful about it you know tell us about being in this um, process so, so stressful yes but good stress um mm-hmm. like stress that i would put upon myself because movies has been like my my favorite thing it, it is it is my hobby it is what i would love to do as a career for two years before this i was a part of an online movie trivia league called the movie trivia Showdown. so like running movies back to back to back to back to back is something i was used to um and i will say it just on the 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 more the bigger emotion that i felt than the stress is just pure joy because like the ability to get these screeners of films that I either have seen or haven't been able to see in in studios are sending them to me and being like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this this is what I've, I've loved all my life. And I'm like, 
I'm getting the opportunity to see these things and get this the swag and and talk to these other brilliant minds about those films for free. Like like I don't I didn't have to pay for this. Like this is allowing me to like have a glimpse of like what is it like if if I wanted to do this for a living. So just so much joy, so much stress. Yes, but again, good stress. And I was just really I can't say enough how full my heart is to be able to take something that I've loved that I would do for absolutely nothing and to be able to get all of this experience to to just become a better critic and just to enjoy movies so much more. Wow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, sometimes this is my third year, I think, being part of the of the NC Film Critics, the awards portion. And sometimes I get I get super stressed out about it, but I agree it is it's a it's a joy. You do get a joy out of it and at the end of the day, you're like, I'm glad this is my life. <laughs> Even though it can it can feel like a lot, mm-hmm. especially this year, because there were so many movies that were part of the conversation, and it's just hard to see everything. If someone is listening who is wondering if you should, if you know this might be for you, just know that you can go to the website for North Carolina Film Critics Association. It's ncfilmcritics.org. That's ncfilmcritics.org, and you can see headshots and information about our members, as well as what movies we give an award to in the past and also how to apply if you're interested in being in the Unseen Film Critics. And with that, Amaro, before we sign off, I just wanted to give you a chance to promote your channel. Let us know to what the best way is to follow you and also if there's anything you want to promote coming up that you have to look for people to look forward to. Yeah, so uh, two things. You can find me at Amaru Moses, which is A-M-A-R-U, last name M-O-S-E-S, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, and on all of those things, Everything I post about is about Bite Size Breakdown. You can also find Bite Size Breakdown on um, Instagram, Twitter. I will I will not call it that other thing. It is Twitter uh, and Facebook <laughs> um, and uh, and our YouTube channel, um, BiteSizeBreakdown.com. Um, I just put out uh, – so my, my real-life job, uh, I'm a teacher, um, and I just put out an article uh, on a movie, uh, movie teacher accuracy rating. I took five of my – favorite movie uh, movie teachers and kind of gave them a grade on how accurate they would actually be in real life. Um, so that's uh, an article I just recently did on Bite Size Breakdown. My uh, next episode of One Gotta Stay should be coming out fairly soon. We're a little bit on a, of a hiatus with the year coming back. So the Bite Size Breakdown YouTube channel, that's coming out. Um, we also just had a pretty nice interview. Um, the I, I call him uh, Mr. CEO, the CEO of, of Bite Size Breakdown. Nick Van Dinter had the opportunity to interview the cast of the Percy Jackson series. Um, so that is an interview that's on our um, YouTube channel as well. Um, and just keep looking out for 2024 reviews, interviews, and, uh, and, and features that we have on the website www.bitesizebreakdown.com. Okay, well, you heard it here first, folks, or at least you heard it here. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this special presentation of the winners of the NC Film Critics Awards for 2023. And Amaru, thank you so much for your time and attention this evening and um, taking you away from your sweet dog, who will be glad to have you back after we finish (laughs) recording. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Okay, well, that's all. Good night, everybody. Bye.